Everyone knows that iTunes reviews really helps their podcast reach more people. But did you know that rating and reviewing us on iTunes will benefit you as well? Every month we'll be noting who rated and reviewed us across all of our podcasts. Doing so will put you in the running for a gift from our sponsor, Spindlecraft. If you rate and review one of our podcasts, you will gain one entry. If you rate two, you gain two entries, and so on. This allows us to give a little something back for taking the time to rate and review our podcasts. You'll continue to be eligible to win each month for six months, or until the sponsorship ends. Winners will not be authorized to win again. It only takes a few minutes, but we think it's worth it. You should too. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. All right, so we are in the spoiler section, and uh, before we get started here, I'm going to do the rundown uh, first, give you guys the facts about this movie. So the release date for Venom was October 5th, 2018. It was written in, uh, was written by Jeff Pinkner, Scott Rosenberg, and Kelly Marcel, directed by Ruben Fleischer. A runtime of an hour and 52 minutes, allegedly, although... <laughs> This thing was maybe an hour and 35 at best. I was telling them uh, a few minutes ago before we started recording this. Uh, the movie started at about 4.15 and it ended at about uh, 5.45. I was in my car at like 4 or about what 5.52 maybe. Um, I already watched the end or the mid-credits scene and then I left after that. So maybe five more minutes worth of credits. This thing was no hour and 52, I guarantee it. <laughs> There's no way. But um, anyway, budget uh, was $100 million estimated. Box office thus far, $148.6 million domestic, $236.4 million foreign for a grand total so far of uh, $385.1 million. So not too good. bad. Not too bad. So pretty good. It stars Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmed, and Jenny Slate. Tom Hardy is by far the best part of this movie. Um, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's basically the only good thing about this movie, but we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> so mean. Let's, um, let, uh, let's, before we get into it, let's get to geek speak. Uh, I have one recommendation and I'm going to stay, say that uh, everyone should probably go out and watch this. It's the haunting of Hill house on Netflix. Um, Did you watch it now? I really? have. No, I I have not watched it yet. I'm recommending it only because word of mouth. Word of mouth is huge on this. I, it, I've seen the trailers. Uh, I've seen the opening couple of minutes. It looks fantastic. I'm just I'm recommending it. Usually I don't recommend anything until I've watched it. But this movie or this uh, show looks so good. I I say just go watch it because it's kind of taking. Uh, the United States by storm. Like it's one of those like almost stranger things ask kind of viral things where they drop something and it just gets huge. Uh, like making a murder was a few years ago, kind of the same thing. Uh, so go check out the haunting of Hill house. Uh, we're actually thinking about covering it 
So uh, watch out for that. Yeah, I'm very, very curious because I think there's a lot of people saying it's one of the scariest things I've ever watched. And every time I hear that, I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That is that is the rumor out there. It's the scariest thing they've ever seen. And there's tons of like memes on Reddit right now of like, you know, they take the pictures of people who are watching it in, like a theater and they're just like screaming and losing their shit. <laughs> well, like the so. test theaters or whatever they are. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. You know, um, so Raker and I, you and I were talking, we were thinking about doing it like a two part episode, maybe part one doing the first half, yeah, the first of, couple, yeah, and then that this, wouldn't be uh, bad. Second episode doing the second, uh, four episodes, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's an eight episode run. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're kind of putting that together. It's not going to be out anytime in the next week or two, but, uh, you know, once we, uh, get that together. We'll let you guys know. Uh, all right. So plot synopsis. Uh, after losing both his fiance and job, Eddie Brock becomes infected with a symbiote with a mind of its own. As Eddie des- desperately tries to maintain his sanity, he also fights to stop a nefarious scientist from unleashing carnage onto our planet that would change things forever. All right. Hold on. Before we jump into that, uh, I seriously want to recommend go see The Curious Creations of Christine oh, McConnell. Right. Yeah. Because I got to watch every, I binged through that all six What's episodes. The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell is a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. But uh, CCCM, <laughs> go watch it. It's freaking amazing, and it's basically all orchestrated by Brian Henson. And uh, Christine McConnell is a famous Instagram, someone who got famous on Instagram for her like dark and cool like baking creations and. Like some of them are so freaking realistic, I would not be able to tell the difference. And it's an amazing show. It's really funny. I identify hugely with this like disgusting raccoon. That's <laughs> it's adorable. And Brian Henson does the voice of this big werewolf, and it's it's wonderful. Like you need to watch it if you like Jim Henson and those movies and that type of humor. It's definitely for you. It's very cool and dark. There you go. All right. So, yeah. Uh, okay, now we can jump in. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do our one-sentence review. So, uh, Raker, why don't you give me yours? Uh, my review, and I'm sure it's not quite ever as elegant as Michael's. <laughs> I uh, already know what Michael's is going to be. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, there we go. Oh, you got to get by that part here. I have to read this verbatim or else I'll screw it up. Where'd it go? Just typed it in. There it is. There we go. Not much for a good, interesting, original, creative storyline. Venom makes up for it with a good cast and a great main character. That's good. Okay. Sarah? Uh, My one sentence review is that Venom is, it's fun to watch. It's a popcorn movie, but there are many things that could have been taken out of this movie and that kind of drags it down. But as a whole, as just a watch, it's it's watchable. That's my one sentence review. Okay, all right, uh, right. So my one sentence, my one sentence review is. Like a turd in the wind. Yeah, like a turd in the wind. Knew it. Oh. Called. Yep. There it was. Exactly what I had in my head. Yep, mostly. There it was. Basically, um. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, I've yeah, never seen I, a turd in the wind, by the way. Yeah, well, I know. Like, 
Thank God. The first time this expression has come about. Yeah. It's not quite as bad as the toad and lightning thing, but it's pretty bad. It's 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 pretty bad. <laughs> X Men. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's 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 definitely on that level or getting kind of close to it. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this movie. All right. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, you know, actually, here's where I want to start with this movie. I honestly believe that you could cut out the first thirty to forty minutes of this movie completely. Almost take everything out and and re add in a few scenes, and that will be all you would need to get this movie going. Uh, the first thirty to forty minutes. Of, first of all, it's predictable. Uh, I think the whole the whole girlfriend thing, and uh, which I mean, their relationship was on such steady ground, by the way, from the get go. Obviously, you can tell. Um, but I don't think you're being sincere. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just it, it's just it's just so it's so raker. It's so generic, so vanilla. I mean, this is literally is. a paint by numbers plot. Oh. I mean, this is like we're going back to like early two thousands superhero movies. I mean, it feels like this movie is from like fifteen to twenty years ago, not anything close to what, what we see. What makes you say that? The lack of what that makes this movie seem so dated i think i think it well first off i mean let's just look at the plot's not complex i it's mean the, it's not the complexity it's it's just because you could tell it feels like there's there's zero i mean this could come down to the editing process it's possible that this is partially because they chopped this movie up i'll give it that possibly but as it stands with this movie the setup just feels very very generic, very vanilla. Because if you take a look at the relationship between Eddie and and his his fiance, right, uh, we get uh, all the scenes that we see are just stuff that you would expect to see. They wake up in bed together and then they go out to dinner. By the way, I, I don't think that they have any chemistry whatsoever. No, no like I, I like both that. of them as actors, and they think they're both phenomenal. But together, there's zero chemistry. There's nothing there. Yeah. So I mean, not that not that's a really big deal because I it, it's not like it really felt like there was a, a major impact on this movie. I really didn't feel like their relationship or anything really. I, I wasn't affected at all. Put it that way. Um, mm. But then just you know, like first off, Eddie is um, the worst reporter. The worst. He is <laughs> he is the absolute worst reporter in the world, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he didn't follow his editor's orders or anything. It's just that he, he just doesn't seem to be very good at what he does. I don't know why he suddenly hasn't like he's made a name for himself. Uh he's it just certainly doesn't look it doesn't seem like he's very good at what he does as as a reporter at all. Mm. You know? Um but then you know then the the bad guy, you know, you've got um Reza Med's character, uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Um I don't remember his name, but Raya is the symbiote. That's all I remember. Did they even say that? I don't think they ever say they that. They did say, they? yeah, they said Riot a few times. Oh, yeah. did they? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was Venom talking about Riot. Oh, that's right. You know, but and like, go ahead. Like, go I'm ahead. on the opposite spectrum where you think the first 30 minutes can be taken out of this. I think the last 40 minutes could have been taken out. I think you could have taken out Riot entirely from this movie and never have been a thing oh i think it should have ended with the symbiote that got you know um 
lost or whatever when it's coming down, when it gets that little girl and it shows up in the U.S., it should have ended with her, like, landing in the U.S. Like, there should have been no other symbiote other than Venom. It should have been focused on him directly. Well, you know, uh-huh. Carlton, Carlton Drake, I thought, was was boring. Just your your, your generic, I'm a bad scientist. I'm egon, egon, I have uh, no egomaniac. Soul. I have no soul. Uh, I want to infect the whole world with symbiotes. Uh, it, you know, just reason Med tries to do as much as he can with the, the role, but he doesn't have a lot to work with. No. Uh, and and why would why is it that this symbiote that we see at the beginning of the movie? Why does it take six months to get to the United States? I mean, hmm. we get told in this movie that these symbiotes, once they infect you, it's not like they can't absorb your memories and your knowledge because that's what venom does right yeah okay so why is it that she doesn't or the symbiote doesn't infect these people and just say i've got to get to here so immediately i'm going to go to the airport and i'm going to get on a plane and i'm going to be there like two days after i crashed did it walk to the airport did it walk (laughs) to the united states it clearly didn't because it landed on an airplane but it's like, why Why did this thing take six months to get from the crash to uh, Carlton Drake's facility? I think the plane would have been too long and it wasn't getting a viable host each time. So it could only be in that host for so long. So that's my theory, at least <sighs> my guess. Maybe. But even the symbiotes and how they kept killing off their hosts didn't really make any sense to me why why were they killing off the hose but eddie eddie seemed perfectly fine i mean all he did was eat some food you know all these other people (laughs) just died like it didn't make any sense why some symbiote hosts or some symbiotes killed you know everybody off that was infected with it but yet when it came to carlton drake and eddie brock and i guess to a somewhat lesser extent his girlfriend yeah like why can just suddenly like i understand him a fluke chance, the symbiote's DNA somehow meshes with Eddie Brock's. I believe that. I don't believe a skinny little nothing guy like Drake can have a successful symbiosis with this thing. I don't believe that at all. Like, he's not strong at all. Like, he, his powers in his mind, which is not what the symbiotes do. They are just masses of muscle that can beat the crap out of you. <laughs> Like, that is not him at all. I can't understand why his is compatible. Or even why the girlfriend, the fiancé's, is compatible. Like, yeah. I, I never needed to see Venom with that ass. I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or boobs. Like, it was just like, no, please no. <laughs> Rake, what are, you, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, what are the things you liked or disliked about this movie? Oh, um... Well, of course, my thoughts are, you know, I wish it was more like the comic. Okay. I just I was just waiting for a glimpse of the spider symbol on it. Right. Um, but you know, it it works being a separate entity, you know. Um I thought the special effects were very good. Yeah, I you thought know, they were I, okay. I thought, Michael I thought, does not. I, I think were... I think they were very good, the special effects. I think they were good too. I think it's just when they started having the battles between the symbiotes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think that just got muddled. Yeah, when you know, Riot you, is fighting yeah, with Venom, it's not it's good. Just, no, that was not good. I'm not, you know, it just, 
You know, um, I thought Tom Hardy did a decent job as Eddie Brock. You know, you had said earlier that you know he was kind of the star of the show, and you know, I I think some I think other actors could have played Eddie Brock maybe even better. I think Jake Gyllenhaal could have played a better Eddie Brock. I think uh, Ryan Gosling could have played a better Eddie Brock. Um, I, I really do. I think the character was written such that it didn't take a stellar actor like Tom Hardy. I think he's an amazing actor. Yeah, he is. Uh, but I think he just got, you know, the short end of the stick with the script. And, you know, even though he tried to do his best with Eddie, you know, with this version of Eddie for this movie, I blame, if I blame anyone for the lackluster movie that it is, um, I blame the director, Fleischer. I I just don't think he should have put his hat in the ring with comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There, there really wasn't much room for comedy in a Venom movie. And you could tell Fleischer was doing his best to inject enough comedy. But uh, it just wasn't wasn't needed. You know, the classic turn the wind thing. You well, know, okay. That line. It wasn't even funny. That you know line, I mean? yeah. Like, it's one of the worst move lines maybe in movie history. I, look, th- there's nothing that there's nothing defends that line. Nothing. I don't care. Here's I, it didn't bother me. And if if it had not been picked up and put into every single critic's title, uh, then it never nothing would have ever became of that. No one would have even right. noticed. But yeah, it, I think that just line because was the critics so bad. It. I think that line was just so bad that you know, critics had to latch on to it and be like, yeah. oh, this movie sucks because, I mean, honestly, listen to this line. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like if you watch a football game and the quarterback does something so horrendous that you just can't believe that he's a good quarterback. I think, I think they basically took that line and they, they, in their mind it was a microcosm of the entire movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, they're like, look, this line just says everything you need to know about how good this movie is, which basically is not good at all. It's basically what – <laughs> that line says, which is why I, I did that for my. I did it a bit tongue in, tongue in cheek, a little with my one sentence review. Um, but but here's the here's the thing. Uh, let me ask you a question, Rager, because I, I understand what you're saying about the humor. Look, you have read the comics. You know about Venom mm-hmm. as a character. Okay, yes. I've read the comics, not as many as you, but I've read them. Right. Spider Venom has a a weird, goofy, somewhat demented sense of humor in the comics. Right. You know? And I think that's what they were trying to go for. Now, I think that's fine. That didn't bother me. I liked right. the humor, but here's what I think they should have done. I think they should have leaned into the body horror more in mm-hmm. this movie. Uh because I think that would have been better. I think maybe they could have maybe not always had special effects for the entire Venom suit, but they could have had Tom Hardy wearing a suit, a really good Agreed. one, and kind of overlaid special effects onto it. Yeah, uh, you're definitely two for two. Right. Um, and then uh, I think that if they would have leaned into the body horror, which would have been good, uh, and the other thing they needed to lean into was the relationship between Eddie and Venom. That, to yes. me, is the cornerstone mm. of this entire movie. Here's why. Here's where my problem lies. The first thirty minutes of this movie to forty minutes yeah. are not needed. We don't yeah. need to know a lot of what goes on there, and you could have cut a lot of that out. You could have had 
Eddie, just get approached by somebody who says, I work for the Life Foundation. Somebody's in there doing these things. Eddie goes to investigate. Boom, he meets Venom. That's 15 minutes into this movie. We're already getting rocking with this relationship, okay? And that relationship and them feeling each other out and seeing how far Venom could push Eddie and how far Eddie could push Venom in the other direction, which is what makes up their relationship, should have been about 70% in this movie. If they would have done it in just the right way, this movie could have been really, really funny and also just really, really good. Because that's the most compelling aspect of this entire movie. But instead, as I said earlier, we get a generic plot with generic characters. I mean, literally cut and paste, you know, paint by number uh, characters that we've seen a bajillion times. And I'm I'm not saying I need them to be, you know, totally uh, original and, and trying to think way outside the box here. But at least put a little effort into some of this script here. Um, I just feel like, you know, Deadpool is a good direction to take this movie. I mean, Deadpool works. It's an R-rated movie. Uh, it's funny. I'm not saying you had to do Ven- uh, Deadpool's humor, but mm-hmm. in the same way that Deadpool said, hey, we can be gory and we can be funny and we can take this in an R-rated direction and it can work, that's what they should have done and lean into the body horror and lean into the relationship between Eddie and Venom. And I think you have yourself one kick-ass movie. Yeah. Personally, yeah, it shouldn't even have. It shouldn't have started with him and his fiance together. It should have been post breakup, and him yeah. just trying to. Yeah, you know, hell, he could have been like, you know, he's depressed. He gets evicted from his place, and he becomes the homeless person that gets pulled in to be symbiote tested, and that's how it all could went started up. And but it did not have to be. I agree with you. It didn't have to be a 30-minute affair. Well, here's yeah. here's a question, Raker. I want to ask you this specifically. So, you know, Dora, the Jenny Slate character, the scientist that comes to Eddie. Oh, right? yeah. Right. So she comes Comedian. to She Yeah, she comes to Eddie and she says, hey, you know, these things are going on. Uh, 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 what's his name again? I can't remember. <laughs> Drake. Drake, yeah, he's killing these homeless people and he's doing all these things. I need you to come in and uh, take pictures and stuff. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you work it's in so the damn bad. place. Why can't you take a pic? Hey, here's an idea. Get a camera in there. Get, pull your phone out when no one else is around. You're the one that has access to these people. You can just sit in there by yourself when no one else is around and then pull your phone out and take a few damn pictures. Why do you need Eddie Brock to break in? And oh, by the way, why are there not cameras around in this place? You have a a a facility which apparently is about as heavily guarded, or seems to be as heavily guarded as Fort Knox, and yet there are no cameras in the elevator. There are no cameras in the hallway. It's like okay, this makes absolutely no sense. So I, I can understand that because of the testing they're doing, if they had cameras, then a court may have the legal right to obtain those video files. And if you don't have cameras in the first place, then there's nothing to obtain for no evidence to obtain. So I uh, kind of uh, understand that. This, this movie's this movie's loaded with uh, lazy writing. Plus. Yeah. Just yeah, so it's... lazy. Like I said, Dora could have taken those pictures herself. Didn't even need Eddie. Could have brought him pictures. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, I don't want my family to get hurt. But yeah. next scene, like, hey, come in, come into the lab and take pictures. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, okay. Uh, whatever. Fine. 
we'll just roll with that. Uh, I felt bad for Michelle Williams. I think she's a really good actress. I've seen yeah. her, you know, do some really good acting roles over the years. I just didn't feel like she had a lot to work with in this movie. It wasn't just the lack of chemistry. I just, I thought it was, she just didn't have a lot to do. It didn't really feel like there was a lot of investment in her character. It just didn't feel like she had a lot to work with, you know. Of course, we have to have a new boyfriend in the picture, you know. I yeah. He is one of my favorite parts of the movie, though. He's hilarious. Like, he's so chill about everything, too. Like, you, you got to know he's probably, like, a serial killer on the weekends. Like, that's the type of personality <laughs> right. this guy is. He's got the hooker bodies <laughs> under the floorboards. That's kind of him. Like, I, he's one of my favorite parts of this, just because he seems like a serial killer who's just, you know, has the pretty girlfriend. He's a perfect doctor. You know, it's all a facade. He's going to be the villain in the next one. Yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, I say you cut Michelle Williams out completely or make her a central character, as in, like, yeah. very, very important to this movie. Like, and like, they tried up. to make her important then. Yeah, you know, but oh, you... look at my girl. She's such a badass. Like, you know, she turns a fucking knob so a frequency goes up. I'm like, that, that yeah. doesn't make you any part of this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would have was... cut her out completely. I don't think she yeah. was even needed in this movie. You cut her out. You cut her new boyfriend out. You take her completely out of the script. Now you just have Eddie... And he investigates some things he hears uh, about some experiments going on. He gets attacked by Venom. That makes up a big portion of the movie. Uh, the the back end, I don't know what the the what else it would be, but you know what? Uh, I've already improved the script <laughs> right there. <laughs> I don't even have a resolution. I've already improved the script. I feel you know just because you would have added more for these these characters. Uh, Eddie and Venom, especially. Uh, Raker, what else did you like about this movie? I know you said you liked the the um, the the CGI was good. Yeah, I thought the CGI was legit. You know what I mean? Like when it was crawling around it by itself. You mm-hmm. know when uh, in the what a laboratory, if you want to call it that. Um, I thought it was it, creepy. You know, yeah, it was kind of a creepy thing. You know, it kind of reminded me of a cross between uh, the life. Alien and uh, the alien alien. You know what I mean? Like okay. how jer- jerky the movements were and how it attacked you. What I what I didn't like, though, and I said this way back when I saw the very first trailer, I just hated the way that it just came out of anywhere it wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it come out of the middle of his back through his shirt. And the you fabric know? just is fine. Yeah, and the fabric's fine. It's like, now, what the heck? My husband came up with a theory on that one, and that's that Venom... He manipulates the matter. He's not ripping through clothes because he's an, a part of Eddie. Right. He can manipulate the matter that surrounds him as well. And so I'm like, okay, I, I still don't. Yeah. It's not very well explained, but no, I, I I thought that was pretty poor. You know what I mean? Like that's probably my major gripe. I think it goes back to what Michael was saying about the body horror could have been, you know, uh, would have been a welcome addition. Yeah. To, you know, making like if Venom just came out of his, you know, out of his mouth or nose or ears, you know what I mean? Like if the ooze just came out real quick and then ended up covering his body, you know what I mean? I think that would have been fine. You know, they did make those jokes about coming out of his ass, (laughs) Um, you know, and that was pretty funny, I have to admit. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, wait a minute, if it's coming out of his ass, like. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of 
gross. You can you come know? out that end. You can come out the front too. And wouldn't that yeah. be awkward? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? At least it would have matched up better with the body horror. You know. Yeah. Which yeah. it's funny because uh, Fleischman cited uh, uh, John Carpenter and David Cronenberg as an influence on this film, and I'm like, where? Where in this movie am I seeing that kind of body horror? Yeah, not even close. I'm like, really? This is like, this is what you consider to be, you know, it's pretty bad when you have to go back to like 1980, what, 82? Is that when the thing came out, Rick? I think it's around there. Like, when you have to go back to 1982 or go back to 1980, I think, was it six for the Fly remake? Oh, yeah. You know, like when you have to go back there to see like fantastic body horror, it's just like, you know, you guys could do so much, and you could have taken this in a really interesting direction. If you really yeah. want to set yourself apart, you could have done it with this movie. You know, that that goes back to what we say probably every two or three podcasts. You know what I mean? Why didn't they use regular special effects compared to CG? Because it's you easier. Know, like, there's certain times when one's better than the other or vice versa. And it just seems I don't understand why it's so hard for directors to figure out when is the right time. You know, because they have to put actual thought into it, you know, because with this with CGI, they can just say, fix it in post, you know, mm. just add CG, just make I want you to make this happen and, and they'll do it. You know, it, yeah, it's, yeah it's, magic comes when, you know, you it's all handmade and everything. And you do scenes that there's like one in 10 chance it's going to work. And when it actually works, it's magic. I mean, those are the moments that make a movie just really great. Yeah, right. It's that um, I think it's that attempt to create substance, even in an age when we have special effects like we we do have, which are or can be great. I mean, we've seen fantastic special effects and what you can do, but when you go that extra mile and you you're like Peter Jackson with the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah, he did as much with miniatures as he could and only added in CGI when he had no other choice. Hey, Michael, who you invented know? Venom? Was it Todd McFarlane? McFarlane, I believe he's the. I yeah. I think he's the one that invented him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. I will say about this movie though, there are some really funny scenes. Uh, when Tom Hardy gets into the like lobster. Oh, the tank. lobster tank. That was funny, and also when he has to get up to his boss's office, and Venom's like looking down, and he's like, "Want to jump?" <laughs> and just like pushes the elevator button. He's like. Pussy. <laughs> you know, the, the thing I is, I laughed so hard. It it's it is funny, and and it's like um someone uh said you know this is like a buddy comedy with one person. Kind of true, you know, because you have mm. you have basically a Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde kind of thing here. We have uh, one person mm-hmm. with more or less a, a split personality almost, and that's what makes it interesting. I think this movie yeah. that's yeah. the best that's part. That's what about they should have focused on. Sure. All right. Um, is there anything else we want to add to this? Uh, Sarah, anything you want to talk about? Or Raker, you want to talk about anything when it comes to the movie, the plot, the characters, anything that you have any gripes about, anything you want to praise? I, I just think, you know, when I was reading someone else's review, you know, I was reading a bunch of reviews and, you know, it's just, it was a fun ride. You know, yeah. it, as bad as the plot was, as bad as Michelle Williams' character was, and what is his name, Raza? Amin or whatever his name oh, is, uh, like uh, Drake. Drake, yeah, like just just in general, you know, of, of all the, even though the movie, you know, had a lot of sour parts to it, it was just it was still fun and entertaining at the same time. You know, it was a fun ride. 
I think overall that fun ride is what sold me on it and yeah. why, why I recommend it. Yeah, you it's know. a twisted sense of humor, that kind of weird, odd, twisted, fun sense of fun that kind of pervades this movie, um, which I think is to its credit. Um, I think with a with a much better script, with an overhauled script, I think this movie could have been, I really do. I mean, I looked at this movie, I remember walking out and I thought, you know, I'm a, I'm more disappointed in this movie than I am in uh, The Predator. Oh, wow. Because I thought, you know, to me, there was so much wrong with The Predator. I don't, I don't even know where to start with that movie. Whereas (sighs) with this movie, I'm more disappointed because I can see where if they had just made some adjustments to the script, some big changes granted, but if they'd have done, if they'd have just focused in on these specific areas, cut out a lot of this fat, and expanded this section more, who knows? With a tighter script, with maybe a, a bit better director, uh, maybe a little bit of a bigger budget, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe this movie stands up there with some of the best superhero movies that have come out in the last. 10, 15 years. I think it's a, it's not a particularly great movie. Uh, I think it's fun. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching the parts that I enjoyed. I groaned through the parts I hated. Uh, but it, the, the thing that annoys me most is that I know that the potential's there in the screenplay. I can see where, where the uh, potential is at. And it's just, it just wasn't realized. It wasn't fulfilled. You know, I think the worst part of this film is Riot. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. so overpowered too. And I hate when Venom's mm, like, "I'm yeah. kind of the loser on my colony." And like, yeah. you don't, you don't need to identify like that. And like, he doesn't have to be the alpha male. Like, there shouldn't have been this fight off with Venom and Riot. It was just, it was messy. That part was poorly CGI'd and. Like, that was so unnecessary. You should have taken Riot out entirely. The final boss fight, it's the... It, you know, it is what it is. You know, we, we need to have Venom face off against uh, somebody he has to defeat. And, yep. you know, lazy. Betray you know? his own kind, even though we have... It's, it's a huge sacrifice that he's doing, but there's no weight to it whatsoever. Sure. No, and so he's betraying his entire race to die, and he's just going to live happily on Earth, like in the body of a of, of a human. Yeah, apparently like, he doesn't hate our thing. world. <laughs> yeah, apparently he doesn't hate our world. He took one look at it from like on top of a tower, and he's like, "This place is pretty nice." Oh, well, gee. Okay, I guess uh, your instincts for you know taking over our world just suddenly are snuffed out. But okay. You um, really must have not been able to get laid on your world to <laughs> just come here and be like instantly, okay, this works. Okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's that's logic for you here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Um, okay, well, the other things I want to add before we move on to our grades here is that uh, – Tom Hardy's son is a massive Venom fan, and that's why, partially why Tom Hardy took the role, was to please him. He said, I wanted to do something that my son could watch, so I did something where I'd bite people's heads off. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> one head off. <laughs> yeah, Lewis also guided his father on to how appropriately portray uh, Eddie Brock in Venom, since Hardy did not know the character very well. 
Tom Hardy recorded his lines for the Venom symbiote during pre-production, and they were played back to to him through an earpiece on set during the scenes where Brock and the symbiote talked to each other. Uh, let's see what else. Jameson was the astronaut who survived the crash in the opening sequence. Of course, that's the son of J. Jonah Jameson, editor of the Daily Bugle and a public critic of Spider-Man. So most people that are familiar with Venom's storyline, they kind of, you know, picked up on that. What, that they put detail to? <laughs> wow. Like something little that no one's going to notice? Well, it's just, it's it's a little Easter egg for people that, because eventually Spider-Man and Venom will meet up. In, Didn't they yeah. in the comic books they meet up before he meets Eddie Brock? Oh well, well I mean Eddie, Eddie and and uh, Peter Parker both worked at the Daily Bugle in the comics. So okay, but Eddie was kind of a real jerk, you know, right, Rick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but they kind of played it better in Spider Man Three with the whole Eddie and uh, Spider Man. You know, Peter Parker relationship. I, mean, I can't say they played it better because, you know, I haven't seen how they're going to tie Venom and Spider-Man together now. But mm-hmm. if you go back to Spider-Man 3, which was a horrendous movie. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, yeah, right. Is that where he went goth? Yeah. Oh, God, it's the yeah. dancing scene. So... The dancing scene. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's oh. terrible. But at least they got that part right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have the rival reporter, you know, doing everything he can to take out peter and he ends up with the suit and you know what i mean the suit originally actually the symbiote originally starts with peter parker yep so they got that part right the idea of it is just you know ugh, movie was god awful yeah it was terrible <laughs> we'll have to review that someday i don't i don't see that uh, getting a high grade uh we'll uh, have to uh, have a drinking off through the whole thing <laughs> everyone take okay. a shot whenever uh smashed and like First five minutes. Right. Uh, take, Every time take, you wince, take a shot. Yeah, from a line of dialogue or a scene where Peter's, uh, you know, thrusting his hips out at somebody on the street. Oh my god! <laughs> so bad. Uh, at least webs didn't come out. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, is Jackie Earl. Jackie Earl Haley expressed interest in playing the role of Carnage, which I think great. he would have been great. Perfect. Yeah, that is like the perfect yep. casting. Let me right look there. up who this is because I have no idea. It's okay. Rorschach and Watchmen. Yep. Yeah, he was also the, uh, to... the kid in uh, uh, Christmas Story. The the. Or no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking something totally different. No, he was uh, Bad News Bears. That's what he was. Oh, he was okay. the older kid in Bad, Bad News Bears. Apparently he was in the Dark Tower, not that I remember. No. Because I don't remember anything yeah, about that movie. Trust me, it's not worth going back to check. It was another terrible movie. <sighs> yeah, the only thing good about that movie was that Matthew McConaughey was pretty hot, but that was it. That's, <laughs> and that has nothing well, to do with the movie. I know where your priorities lie. Um, <laughs> I mean, he should have been rent, um, should have been Roland, but whatever, I'll just, you know, if I have to do like one thing for the movie, it'll be hey, at least Matthew McConaughey's in this, and he's mildly entertaining. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go that far. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get down to our grades. We'll start out with script and move forward. So uh, for me, uh, pros are that there's some good interplay between Eddie and Venom, and the movie is funny at times. Cons, 
where to start? Uh, the script feels both generic and it's a mess. Conflicting tones and ideas. It feels like a complete rewrite was necessary. The villain is particularly lame. Um, my grade for this script is uh, a pristine 50. Wow. Wow. I don't think you've ever given anything a 50 for a script. It's pretty bad. See, I don't think you even gave Predators a 50. I think I think Predator was like a 55, maybe. Oh, my God. To think that this had a worse script than Predator. I think I was more disappointed. I was more disappointed with this. Yeah, you let your disappointment override. You let your feelings interrupt. Yes. (laughs) Cloud your vision, Michael. (laughs) Um, I, for prose, I have not many. Uh, clever ways of infusing light comedy into an action, which is into an action movie, which is good, but unfortunately, oftentimes they fall on their face. Um, cons, plot holes galore. And like I said earlier, I just don't think Fleischer was ready. I don't know if he wrote the script or if he had part to do with the script, but whoever it was isn't ready to take on the comic book genre especially bringing out a character that people have been clamoring for their own movie for so long. Yeah. So, uh, so what's yeah. your, what's your grade? Oh, I give it a 70, you know, see, I see, see, I think this is where we're different, Michael. I think, you know, you think of like, um, almost like rotten tomatoes, you know what I mean? Like a 50 is a 50, you know, out of a hundred. And when I think a 50, I think of that's way below a, F in class, <laughs> you know what I mean at school. Well, so. I mean, I'm thinking out of a hundred, you know, yeah, I mean, out of a hundred yeah, for me, a fifty, am, yeah, a fifty is like, you know, I mean, a fifty is it's pretty subpar. It's it's a pretty yeah. bad. You but know, I mean, if, you know, if you look at a lot of movies that only get, you know, according to Rotten Tomatoes anyway, that get around the fifties, a lot of those movies are pretty decent. You know what I mean? Like it's literally a fifty-fifty split. Yeah, Some I mean, I don't like see them. it. Like I don't grade mine like like I guess Rotten Tomatoes. I just um. Yeah. You know, to me, uh, if you're if you're under a a sixty, if you're sixty or under in terms of a script, you're 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 pretty bad. You, you've yeah. got a lot of work. Uh, this this was a bad script, no yeah. doubt. All right, Sarah, what about you? Uh, so I'm on the same page as Rick. I gave it a seventy as well. Um, my pros for it were that the humor was on point on a lot of a lot of moments. Um, sometimes it was kind of lackluster, but there were some pretty funny moments and, um, the relationship between Venom and Eddie Brock was great. I just wish there was more of it. (laughs) That's the only problem. That's the con is that it should have been entirely the relationship between the two of them and maybe a little extra, but you're right, Michael, 70% of this movie should have been their relationship and developing that. Um, so yeah, that's the con as well. A con is that Riot should have never, ever been... In this movie, it should have been if you wanted to do Riot and make him a decently sized character like he was in this movie, save it for the next movie. Like we need to establish a foundation in this movie, and that just didn't happen. It was, you know, a house of straw built on sand, and so it was unfortunate. It kind of all collapsed upon itself. But as a pro, it was fun to watch, and I would watch it, you know, probably again. It's a popcorn movie, so yeah, I give it seventy for a script. Okay. All right, let's move on to acting. Um, <laughs> well, all right. So, um, <laughs> you just, you sigh. So, all right. So, um, 
look, are there any standout performances? Uh, yeah, I, I think Tom Hardy does a really good job here. I think he isn't given a lot, or at least, because I know he's said uh, in interviews, they cut out like an hour of his favorite material for this movie. Yeah. So it tells me that they filmed a lot of, of Venom and Eddie Brock interplay that just was cut out for, you know, runtime reasons, I guess. Maybe but, I would buy the director's cut. Yeah, they're going to do a director's <laughs> cut. And so, you know, maybe that's going to end up being the definitive yeah. version and hopefully it'll be much better. Uh, I don't know. If that we it can, can see fi- all that, I would buy it. I don't think it can fix a lot of the script problems, but it might be able to prove the movie uh, just by adding in a lot more of the good stuff. But anyway, um, I think Tom Hardy does a good job here. I, I think, you know, yes, Raker, maybe he doesn't play Eddie quite like he should have been played and everything. But I think what they were trying to do with his character and his relationship with Venom and what they did there to me is for me, the only redeeming quality of this movie. So it's the only part that I I found entertaining and compelling. Um, Bad performances. Yeah. Pretty much everybody else. Um, I I think reason Ahmed is a good actor. I think he was terribly miscast here and I just don't think he had a lot to work with. And I just don't think because of that, he was able to do very much, and then he did a very good job. I don't think Michelle Williams uh, had anything to do. I think it's a very weak script, and so uh, I'm going to give it a 65. Ooh. So, Raker, why don't you go next? Well, I agree with you. Hardy was the standout director. Um and even that wasn't his best role. I mean, I think we've talked about it before, you know, and we'll probably talk about it again and how versatile of an actor he is. Uh, but I just don't think, you know, as good as he was in this movie, and I accepted it. By the end of the movie, I accepted, you know, Tom Hardy as, you know, Eddie Brock and Venom. So I was all right with it. But I, I still think it could have been done better by other actors. Um, but he was the standout performance, the standout actor in the movie. Bad performances, you know, once again, Michelle Williams, she's not a bad actress by any means, but she just didn't do well with this here. Um, so I gave it, I gave it, you know, I just had a hard time giving the acting a low grade because I know what all the actors are capable of. Uh, so I gave it an 83. Wow. Oh my God, Rake. Uh, I yeah. gave it an 83, too. You're kidding me. <laughs> Gee whiz. This is really creepy. Like, How could you really guys specific? give this an 83? <laughs> I mean, look, I understand the char- the actors are capable, but it's not about what they're capable of. It's about what they did here. Uh, <laughs> he's Michael's, scolding us. <laughs> yeah, he's offended. <laughs> I'm offended, offended by your grades. All right, anyway, uh, Sarah, what do you, what, give, give me your thoughts real quick. And then we'll move <laughs> yeah, on like, to, again, yeah. uh, Tom Hardy, he's the best part of this movie. <laughs> and nobody was did bad acting it was right. bad writing and yes. it was unfortunate Thank that you. they were cast for it and there you yeah, go acting Thank wasn't great but it wasn't terrible like everyone just did what they were given pretty much so yeah, yeah like, 83 like, seriously mm-hmm. with that script how could they have you know what yeah. i mean i guess exactly. how they could keep a straight yeah. face trying to say that dialogue yeah <laughs> yeah pretty bad stone face but anyway. face. This is creepy. All yeah, right. kind of weird. <laughs> Let's move on to directing here. So uh, how good was the directing? Uh, Ruben Fleischer was totally out of his element here. Yeah. Uh, many of the scenes looked and felt unremarkable and bland. And the fight scenes didn't even look all that interesting. They lacked any real pop. And by the way, 
when you have Venom as a character who is black and you you film this movie almost entirely at night, so you have a black character onto a black background because it's you know the night sky. That's not great, by the way. Just yeah. giving them a heads up. Um, anyway, just bad, bad overall. I was not, I was not uh, at all uh, impressed by what he did here. Um, he got a sixty for me. Wow. Wow. Uh, harsh. Yeah. Well, I agree with him. Um, not number wise, of course. He's definitely more harsh than okay. I am. But uh, I just, how good was the directing? I said not. Um, and I've said it earlier in the podcast, like Fleischer was out of his element. You know what I mean? Like he's not meant for at least not for this comic book movie. Uh, but sadly enough, and I, I definitely overshot it here. I should probably change it. I, I gave him a 75. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not the same, but I gave him a 74. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's really weird. But yeah, I, Totally agree. The director was should have never been hired for Venom. Like it yeah. was the wrong fit entirely, yeah. and he was just I agree totally out of his element. Just should not have been cast for directing this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to uh, special effects. So, uh, all right, here we go. Um, so how good are the special effects? Um, I thought the special effects ranged from good to honestly downright terrible at times. I think the budget was strained, uh, which is surprising since Venom doesn't really show up until about halfway through the movie. Yeah. However, because all the scenes in which Venom appears, it's totally CGI. I think it stretched the budget about as thin as possible. Uh, couple that with the fact that the end uh, of the movie is just a big CGI fest. Of course, and clearly, I, I felt like there were parts of this movie where they just did as best they could, but honestly, uh, there were some pretty bad uh, moments, CGI-wise. I gave it a 75. Oh, well, you see we're generous there, Michael. <laughs> um, I thought the special effects were good. Now, I do, I do think that, you know, when you were mentioning the night scenes, you know what I mean, being a lot of this movie takes place in the dark. I think that was kind of a cop out. I think a lot of scenes would have looked cooler with him in, you know, broad daylight as Venom. That could have been really, really cool, uh, but they didn't do that. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree, Michael. There were some scenes that were like, oh man, this is some blatant CGI, and it's not the best. But then there were other scenes where I thought it was well, well done. You know, definitely better than a. 90s movie even though everyone liked to reference this as a you know 90s movie um i gave i gave the special effects at 90 wow wow yeah that's wow. very high <laughs> yeah i thought they were very good okay all right uh sarah uh what are your thoughts would you great here uh, i thought the special effects were fairly decent um for majority of this movie they were pretty on point very high quality i mean I mean, the face of Venom, they put a lot of attention to, and I appreciate that, mm -hmm. like the tongue and everything like that. Like, it made it look really good. But uh, near the end, where they're having the fight between Venom and Riot, it's at night. He's the color of, like, the darkness. Riot's the color of the stars. And so both of those stand out against the backdrop, and it makes it look very cheap and not well. Not well 
CGI'd and just kind of, you know, it felt like 2000s. Like, <laughs> so that's the part where I feel like, you know, this is the, that was kind of the animation that should be not of this time. So I gave it an 85. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't put more money into this movie. Yeah, because I mean, like even uh, King Kong Skull Island, they gave yeah. that like a two hundred million dollar budget, and this is Sony and Marvel. Like, yeah. I can't believe they only gave it a hundred. <laughs> See, King Kong to me, in terms of special effects, far out uh, out uh, paced this movie to me. Agreed, it was great. Uh, yeah. I thought the the special effects there really were pretty fantastic. Um, all right, editing and pacing. Um, for me. <sighs> This movie, the pacing's all over the place, honestly. The first third of the movie is is extremely slow. I mean, checking my watch, <laughs> thinking I could go to the bathroom and uh, be in there for a while, come back to the movie and not miss anything and not care. Um, and then, you know, there just there's this because there's so very little forward momentum plot wise which is why they could have cut out so much uh and then the movie picks up a little bit and then it really slows down again for portions uh around the middle it kind of gets you know like when they go to michelle williams his girlfriend and his uh, her boyfriend and they take eddie there uh, back for you know because he's he's injured and, and everything um and then we we of course we get the rush at the end uh, real quick. Uh, it's just it's not very good. Uh, I thought the pacing was was pretty bad. Uh, I guess a sixty five for me. Oof. Yeah, you're definitely the lowest scores tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually probably didn't think about it enough, but uh, but I think a lot of the ed- now the pacing I do thought I thought was very bad, but I didn't think the editing was that bad. The you editing I mean? itself was so, okay, but the pacing really was the Yeah, pacing thing. was was really bad, but the editing wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? I didn't notice a lot of scenes where, you know, um, I don't know. It, there's that legendary, the person's face is like turned three-quarter, but in their mouth isn't moving, but yet they're sp- talking. Oh, yeah. Would, yeah. <laughs> right? Is that like the most so annoying bad. thing ever? <laughs> yeah. I've seen that so many times. I didn't see much of that in this movie, though. Uh, so that's why I, I kind of balanced them out. I gave it an 80 just because I thought the editing was decent, but the pacing was, as you said, Michael, pretty bad. Like the first 30 minutes, if not 40 minutes of that movie was pretty boring. Okay. Uh, Sarah? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the pacing that's the problem. It just feels like, you know, it speeds up, it slows down, it's all over the place. The editing is fine but the pacing is what really hinders it and just doesn't give it any natural momentum so i gave it 75 okay all right um all right so then um uh, we're gonna get down to rewatchability so just to explain real quick for everybody that's listening to this uh, we're doing things different we're not factoring in the rewatchability score anymore into our grades just because um even though when we grade these movies, of course, it's subjective. We all have our opinions and everything, but rewatchability is, I think, subjective to a completely different uh, degree. Um, movies that are generally much darker and heavier aren't usually movies that most people are going to be super excited to go watch multiple times and therefore might have a high rewatchability score. And so therefore, 
you could bring a grade down on a movie that, uh, from a technical standpoint, from a script standpoint, acting, directing, everything is just absolutely brilliant, and yet it's being dragged down because it's a tough movie to watch, and therefore, uh, you know, its overall grade doesn't really reflect how good the movie is. So from this point forward, we're cutting that out. However, what we're going to do is we're going to give the grade highly. Uh, it's either going to be highly unwatchable watchable or highly rewatchable and um we'll just use that moving forward so uh rake uh what is your uh, view on this movie is it highly rewatchable watchable or what i think it's no i think it's uh rewatchable just straight up rewatchable like i actually anticipate getting this on dvd 4k and watching (laughs) it so is that is that one of the classifications right rewatchable (laughs) Sure. Yeah, it's rewatchable. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's rewatchable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on seeing it again. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Yeah, I wrote watchable. Yeah. Watchable. Yep, I would watch it again. Do you feel like you would buy this movie? If it included the deleted scenes. Oh. Then I would buy it. So then you okay? So you would buy it if it had the deleted scenes. Yes, because I would like to see these favorite scenes that got cut of Tom Hardy's. See, I th- I think that the director's cut is going to end up being the definitive cut. I do. I will say this, and I'm going to give it a rewatchable uh, grade. Um, I think that this is one of those movies, for all its flaws, is going to be something that a lot of fans pour over for years. I think they're going to have debates about this movie. I think they're going to talk about a lot of their favorite scenes. And I think that's going to be one of the highlights for this movie in general is despite all of the issues that it has, it's still going to be one of those movies where people are going to, it's going to have a huge fan base. Would you say that's right, Raker? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I talked to a lot of people that had seen it and a lot of the younger crowd really liked it. Matter of fact, the first thing they usually say about it is, man, I can't believe they ripped it so bad. Yeah. yeah. It's like even on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics have a 31%, but the audience has an 88%. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. And sometimes it's like that. And, you know, that's just, I understand. That's just the way it is. All right. Um, my overall grade uh, is a 63. Good uh, Lord, Maker, uh, Not quite as low as I thought, Michael. Yep, yours, Raker, is the 79, and Sarah's, yeah. yours, is the 77. There Our total yeah. freaking score, freaking geek score for this movie is a 73. Okay. I think that's accurate for yeah. this movie. I think it's yeah. fair. Yeah. I think it's about where it should be. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, everyone. Uh, that's it for this episode. So thanks for listening to the podcast. And don't be afraid to write in. Uh, by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com and check out our uh, other uh, podcasts that we have out there like Hunger for Hannibal, the American Gods podcast, the Tennis Addict podcast, and uh, what other ones we have? Sarah, what else do we have? We have some. Um... Oh, Friday Night Friday Night Mike's That's podcast it. as well. Yeah, we have so many. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, sticking with us and listening to the episode. And we'll be back next week with our review of Halloween. Yes. Very, very cool. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye, geeks. 
Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin McLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.